Well, hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels, and this is the Growing Faith Podcast. It is a podcast put on by Mana House, and we are a church in the Northwest that has five campuses, four in the Portland metro area, and one campus down in Eugene as well. And I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, and quite honestly, probably the more of the leader of this. His name is Rick McClatchy. Rick is here at our uh, Rocky Butte campus where we are recording today. He is a staff pastor here. And uh, again, my name is Mark Daniels. I'm the campus pastor for our Mill Plain campus over in Vancouver. And we're just really glad to have you with us. Rick, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing really good. God is good. He is on the throne. And I, I'm just so thankful for that because some days you wake up and life's not going necessarily the way you'd like it to be going that day. Um, but we can find hope in the middle of anything that we're facing uh, because he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, he's on the throne. He's in control. I love Job, Job 42, 5 is one of my scriptures, you know. You are God and nothing can thwart you. Come and on. just uh, that no matter what, and I, I don't know, I just feel like there's going to be someone listening to this recording that needs to hear this today. Um, that whatever whatever the mountain is that you're facing, God is God and nothing can thwart him. And that you need to, you need to look that mountain straight in the face and say, uh, not today. Not today. You're not going to steal my hope and you're not going to steal my faith. And I'm going to uh, to dig in, and so um, yeah, God's good. That's so awesome. You know, it's true. We can we can all have a day, and sometimes we have a season. And uh, our hope is that uh, in the middle of whatever you're thinking about today, you sense God's presence and love for you. Uh, and that's partly why we do this. We do this to provide a place um, where you can experience the love of God. Um, as a leader and uh, and uh, and doing whatever it is you do in the church that you're in, so come on. Thanks for joining us, um, and and we're gonna we're gonna have a good discussion today. Uh, going back to uh, the idea of small groups and and kind of how that looks and what we might do um, in group meetings. Uh, it's an important topic for us. This podcast it deals with groups. It deals with pastoral care. And so today, going back to just the subject of groups, and uh, today we're going to take a specific look at how to lead a good group meeting. And, um, and so we've got kind of a, I don't know, a little saying, a little saying about what to think through for leading a group meeting. And we're going to focus on a group meeting that is built around a Bible study kind of approach. You could use the same approach, though, even if you're not using the Bible as your curriculum for that group. And I actually really, uh, I really like this. I think this is a really applicable way to lead a group discussion. And so, um, so let's just take a quick look at that. Our, um, our thought for today is actually really simple. It's, it's what, so what, now what? Yep. Those, those are the three ideas. What? So what? Now what? And and again, three distinct thoughts there. Um, help us, just give us a quick summary on those three thoughts. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, we're going to come at it from, you know, leading a meaningful, leading a meaningful small group discussion. Um, and that's going to be our main approach. But you're so right that the application opportunities for these three points is really uh, a myriad of ways you could plug it in. So 
the what is just merely uh, talking about whatever it is that you're communicating or you have read. Um, the, the so what is uh, kind of the, the million dollar question. So what? Why does it matter? And then the third piece being the now what is practical steps to actually put it into play. So we know that uh, when we're talking about the Bible specifically, we don't merely want to be hearers of the word or readers of the word. Mm -hmm. It's so critical that we become doers of the word. I've literally sat in a small group and told the guys that I was meeting with, like, if you don't plan on putting this stuff into practice, please stop coming to my small group. (laughs) Because the warning that scripture gives us about being hearers only is actually freaky. Right. It like it scares the stuff out of me. Like I do not I do not want to be because it's self-deception and and going down a whole path where you think you're good. Right. And you're not. And right. so so yeah, so I just jump in. Um point number 1 is just the what and that's you know, if we go to the small group discussion uh, I'll just use Luke 15. In, in Luke 15, it talks about the, the prodigal son. Or if you want to read a great book about this topic, um, it's actually by Timothy Keller called Prodigal God. Mm. Um, because the word prodigal doesn't actually mean to wander. It actually means uh, to live extravagantly. Mm. Um, so the whole word prodigal is extravagant. And so uh, so when a lot of people read the title of the book, they think, what in the world, prodigal God? Like, could God go astray? But it's the the, the excess of living that the prodigal son is described as, hmm. when in actuality, it's the, it's the father in the, in the picture that is prodigal, right. is extravagant in his love. Hmm. So the book is um, definitely, definitely rank up, recommend it to you. I'll even throw an Amazon link to you in the show notes. So take a look for that. Nice. Um, so the first question that you want to do when you're when you're reading the Bible is what does the text even say? We need to start with what the Bible says. So um, in that story, we learn about the incredible love of the Father. We learn about wastefulness of, of self centeredness of the Son and the way He basically tells His Dad, "I wish you were dead. Give me all your money. You know, like right. give me give me my part of the inheritance and um, the the return. Uh, the moment I love where." He's eating the the pods, or you know, out right. of out of the pig food, you know, and he's just like, and all of a sudden, you know, he comes to his senses. What? By, by the way, uh, have you ever had endamame? Endamame? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always I've always thought to myself, this, this is the pods. this is the pods from Luke fifteen. Okay, just that, that's just a side. That note. was a quality side note right there. So. Um, <laughs> So he comes to his senses, eating his edamame, and uh, <laughs> and he realizes, you know what? The the paid workers in my father's house are better taken care of than I am right now. And I think that's an interesting that's an interesting statement if you it think is. about even you know I don't know what a paid hand in the kingdom of God would be, but that a paid a paid worker, you know, a slave essentially is better taken care of than than, you know, the, the royalty of the kingdom of darkness, you know, like, um, man, Jesus comes to give us life and life to the full, even when sometimes it doesn't look like what we want, but, and then the interesting response from the older brother, and, uh, there's just so, there's so much stuff, you know, we could talk for an hour about that story. A great story. 
And, and I think the reason that we picked this is that it is a story that's familiar to most of us who've been in church for any length of time. Um, and, and we could pick any story in Scripture. Or again, this could be applied to books that are not even the Bible per se. But you're, you're leading a discussion. And so you're saying the first point is to try to fully understand the what what does the story say what what happens who are the characters what are they doing what are they thinking what are they saying you might even take time to discuss um, you know what would lead the dad to say this or do that what would lead what would lead the son to do this how about the older brother what would lead him you, you can you can have discussions where the bible isn't it doesn't maybe make it super clear but you can you can explore the what uh, to, to a great length, really. You can take time to really talk through things. Um, but, but what I'm hearing you say is, yes, it's good to understand the story, and it's good, it's good to wrap your mind around it, but that's not the point of gathering together in a group meeting. It would be step one. You right. do need to understand, but you want to take that understanding somewhere. You want to do something with it. Right. So so you say what and you explore the story. And if you're a group leader and you don't like stories, um, then then I would encourage you to to be a person who starts to dive into stories and start with the parables of the Gospels and become a person who who really takes in story because that's what Jesus used. It was his way of communicating. And it's honestly the way that so many of us remember things even today, 2000 years later. And, and so story becomes an important kind of, we just need to understand it. And so whatever is going on in our discussion, whatever we're trying to, to discuss, we, are, we want to understand it. But here's the deal. We don't want to just understand it. Mm-hmm. We want to jump into the next point, which is... So what? So what? And, and actually, it's so cool that you bring up the whole idea of story. Though, of course, we picked a story. Um, and, and so Jesus was actually accomplishing the so what as he was telling the story right. because his story was so abrasive, had, had points in the story that were so ridiculous to their culture that they cared automatically because he was hitting on culturally relevant points to bring them to a place of now what? Yeah. You know, like, right. okay, I'm with you. I'm ready. Like, I'm I'm bought in. And so I think sometimes a mistake we make, um, because if, you're, if you've taken the jump to be a group leader, you, you probably have some level of passion and interest and desire in seeing people grow in their relationship with God. Right. Um, and so, and, and I'll say this is true for me. So I assume that other people have the same thing going on in their heart. Like, sure. and I think to some extent they probably do if sure. they're showing up for your group. Right. But they might not be connecting with the text the way you're connecting with the text already, right. because maybe you've spent some time or you've had more, you know, history in the word. And so you're just, you're more ready to be emotionally impacted by the word. And I think that's the biggest thing I want to hit on the so what is finding ways to not just have our intellect impacted by the word of God, but to let it affect our emotions, to let it hit us deep. And in order to do that, we have to understand it well enough. Right. Yeah, we've got to wrap our minds around the what, but there is a whole nother level. It's mm-hmm. a, what is the what does this story mean to me? Right. How do I personalize the main points? I mean, you you kind of lined out four or five points about that story here. How do we take those thoughts? And apply them specifically. 
do I ever find myself in the place of the son who wants the inheritance and wants to run away from the family and, and spend it however I want? Uh, have I ever been there? Have I ever been the older brother who quite honestly is indignant that the father would allow that son to return and to be welcomed home with open arms? Am I, am I someone who is judgmental and indignant? Am I somebody who exemplifies the love of the father who just wants to just welcome back the, the son? And, and by the way, just a side note, th- this story makes it clear that that love did not preclude consequences to the decisions that that son made. Because when he's having the conversation with the older brother, he says, listen, all that I have is yours. He, he doesn't plan to ever give more money to this son who ran away. There were real consequences to that son's decisions. Um, and, and so love doesn't mean that we eliminate consequences. Just, just a thought. I'm just throwing that out there. But have you ever been a person who is trying to love extravagantly? Have you been a person with just wide open arms? Anyway, we put ourselves in, in the shoes of the characters and we say to ourselves, Can't, do, I, do I see myself in that place? Do I feel what they feel? Do I think what they think? Do I say what they say? And, and that's, the, that's the so what for us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll just, I'll just kind of jump onto that older brother um, perspective because if you were really honest, the people he was really, really speaking to was the Pharisees in that, in that scenario because uh, there was a feast going on at the end of the story. Right. And only one person was left out of the feast. And if you look at other points in scripture, there were other feasts right. referred to and they were um, the wedding, the wedding feast of the lamb, um, uh, heaven, um, eternity. Right. Um, uh, yeah, they're not missing the point that right. Jesus is making. Like I said, Jesus is telling a story that's getting their so what all kinds of riled up. Like, right. like, um, I, no, I'm pretty sure, Jesus, you're calling me the older brother, and you left him out of the feast. Um, so what you're trying to say is right. you don't think I'm going to be in the feast, and right. uh, this is a problem. Right. What now? You know, like, what do we do now? And um, and so because the the father comes to him, and he's like, and, he, and, the, and the older brother says, I, I've been here all this time. I've done everything you've told me to do. I've obeyed, I've obeyed, I've obeyed, I've, I've executed the plan perfectly. And yet you haven't even given me a goat. And here you give him the fatted calf, you know, like, are you kidding me right now? And, and I just love that the father's like, I'm, I've been with you right. all this time. And, and, and all that I have is yours. And, but I mean, he starts with the relationship. I've been with you all this time. Like, isn't that the more important thing? In the, in, the, in the whole context of the story, in the whole context of our lives, that we would be stirred up emotionally about this idea that we would get so focused on what we're doing to obey and execute the plan exactly that we actually miss, we actually miss the one that it's all about. Right. It is all about the relationship for sure. And as we put ourselves in the story, we start to identify with it and, and the what becomes the so what. And I look at myself and, I, and I, I identify with certain elements of the story, with characters in the story, but then I need to transition mm-hmm. 
from how, what does this mean to me to what am I supposed to do about it? And that becomes the now what. That's right, exactly. And so the what is identifying what in the world we're even talking about to get the ball rolling. The, the so what is why do I care about this and what am I going to be emotionally connected enough to actually take the effort and energy that it will cost me to step into this new thing because the word of God is r rarely an easy path, right? You know, it, and so there's a price to be paid. There's right. a cross to be picked up and right. carried. And so we need to get our heart stirred up with what's going on so that we would step into the now what. And so even as you look, okay, we'll take the older brother, the now what's from, from that even is, okay, like let's talk about relationship. Right. Um, where am I at in my relationship with God? Am I putting my doing for God ahead of my being with God? Mm. Um, am I more concerned and also looking at my heart towards the lost, sure. my heart towards those that have gone away and come back. Am I angry with them? Am I loving them? Am I am I willing to throw a party for them coming back? And then saying, if not, why not? And what, you know, so part of my now what is looking at my heart and saying what pieces of my heart are broken hmm. and not, not functioning right, not really what parts of my heart have I not actually received the love of God? Because that's usually our problem is that we haven't received the prodigal right. love, the extravagant love of our father into our hearts. We have come to him on a performance oriented basis. And so when other people don't perform, we judge them. And that's why it's the whole judge not lest you be judged kind of thing because the judging that we do actually we're we judge ourselves again with that right. same exactly with that same uh standard that's right and so uh it's yeah so it, i just love it because it's simple and actually it's crazy it's you can use this format in you, you need to help people get on board with an idea um, like, you know, say you're yeah. leading an area of ministry mm -hmm. and you want to do a men's breakfast. Right. Okay. The men's breakfast is your what? If you skip to the what now and right. you start telling them, right. so we need to schedule it and we need to get the pancakes and you need to cook the bacon. And they're like, um, maybe, maybe not. Right. If we skip over the so what, if we get people in, right. so they go, okay, I'm trying to sell you on my men's breakfast idea, Mark. And you're like, so what? Right. But then I start to tell you why I'm so passionate about having a men's breakfast because men are isolated and alone and they're they're stuck in addictions and they're stuck in, you know, like uh, just they, they, they never read the Bible. They never pray. They never like they're not spiritual leaders in their homes. And because they don't lead their homes, their families are falling apart and on and on and on. And so reaching the men in our church could actually have a significant impact right. on our church as a whole. And maybe I actually start hitting some points that begin to stir your heart and you're like, oh, oh yeah. And you start to get on board and you're like, I now know, so what, you know, like now I know why. And so <laughs> and, then and when I say, now what? Right. Then you're like, yep, where's the yeah, bacon? Yeah, exactly. Let me start cooking the bacon. And now all of our listeners are wanting to run out and start men's groups. Come on. At wherever they're at, which I think is great. Um, it, yeah, you're right in that. This is a really simple formula that we can use for a discussion about all sorts of things. 
It could be a discussion about a Bible study. It could be a discussion about any other book that we're reading. It could be a way to lead people. I think of it too as it's a great way to be a communicator. If, I, if I'm going to preach, ask myself these questions. What am I saying? What does that mean to everyone who's listening? And then what would I want them to do in response to that? Um, and, and, and so as a speaker, I would think through this same filter just in a different context. And so this, this is a great what, so what, now what? What a great way to think about how to lead people through anything. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I really appreciate this. I, I think it's fun, too, that we, we pick a story that I think is familiar to everybody. And as we try to dive through it a little bit and go a little bit deeper, um, hopefully you've been able to resonate with the different parts that we're talking about yeah. and, and to recognize, okay, the what is just the big picture. So what? How does it impact me? Now what? What do I do in yeah. response yeah. to what I'm, I'm see, seeing the Bible say. And I do think it's interesting, and as a group leader, you would want to consider this, the now what may look very different for each person in your group. So true. You would have some who identify with the older brother, some that would identify with the, the, the middle son, the, the, I'm sorry, the younger brother who ran away. Right. And you're going to have some who identify with the father. So the now what is going to be different in this particular context or this particular story. It's going to be di- three three different things that people could do. And it's going to be that way in every discussion. People are going to identify with different pieces, and their response then grows out of that. It's going to look different for everybody. So be be aware of that. The and, now what is different, but sometimes yeah. the so what is different yeah, too. Exactly. And so you have to, you know, as you're preparing, whether you're leading something or whether you're leading the discussion, you're leading a, a, a vision part of ministry, you're, you're preaching, you're teaching, you have to like think about your audience, who are you connecting with right. and what would their different so what's be like, Right. because different things are gonna stir different people's hearts. So true, so true. Well, thanks Rick, what a great, oh, what man. a great kind of just little format to use for leading a discussion in a small group setting. Sure appreciate you, love oh, your man. heart for people. So and, good to be here today. Yeah, come on, it's awesome. Well, again, I am Mark Daniels. This is Rick McClatchy. We can be reached, by the way. Our emails are markd at manahouse.church and rickm at manahouse.church. If you've got questions or feedback for us for the Growing Faith Podcast, we'd sure love to hear from you. Thanks so much for joining us today. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day.